What's up, everybody? This is Commissioner Jesse back at you again with season two of the Bunch of Dudes Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, In case you've forgotten, the punishment for our fantasy football league is that the loser has to come on the show and essentially defend their choices or lack thereof over the course of the season to the winner. So this year we have myself, Humblebrag, uh, came home with the gold medal. That makes two in the last five years. Um, and I'm going to pat myself on the back just a little bit here to get started. I'm the only team to make the playoffs every single year so far. So everyone else needs to step their game up. But that's not why we're here. The The man of the hour is our boy, Rob Byer, who has done the unthinkable and come in last place from nearly making the playoffs in the last week. So without further ado, I'm going to start this off by letting Rob give an opening statement. Uh, What do you have to say for your fantasy football season, Rob? Oh, you know, uh, it was, uh, it was a well-fought season. Uh, There were some mistakes made for sure. Uh, And I feel like I learned a lot this season. I feel like I took a lot away that I'm going to bring to my next, to my next season and really, and really up my game from there. Awesome. So, you know, it sounds like you took an L, but you're prepared to bounce back. And that's, that's what we love to hear. Um, So I think we'll, we'll jump in and really do a little deep dive into what exactly went wrong for you this year. Uh, So I think there's no better place to start than, from the top, a.k.a. draft day or draft night, if you would. Um, So there were a couple interesting draft choices that you made, and I want to give you the opportunity to explain some of them. Um, But from the beginning, I I just want the listener to be aware of two weeks prior to draft night, Rob was in the gym putting in work. He was doing his mock drafts and he, you know, came up to me, sent me a text with some, uh, some teams that he had drafted. Didn't look too bad, but on a couple of them, I noticed he had Antonio Brown and, and I think Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, but I told you I wouldn't touch that man with a 10 foot pole. Yep. Yep. You did say that. Fast forward two more weeks and, uh, come draft night, I was quoted as having said, Rob, you won't draft Antonio Brown right now. Um, and then $38 later, sure enough, the man appeared on your roster. So what do you, what exactly was going through your mind when you decided that taking that risk on AB, who at that point had already essentially blown the bridges with the Steelers and was proceeding to uh, get frostbite on his feet with the Raiders and didn't want to play with his helmet? Why did you decide that this man was going to be it for you? You know, I figured the antics would die down as soon as the season started. I figured he would just figure his shit out instead of being an absolute dickhead for the entire season. But obviously that didn't happen. Um, and to be totally honest, you know, it was it was a bit of an impulsive decision. Um, but I just thought it was it was better to risk it and have maybe a phenomenal season um, it, it was worth getting him because it was, I was risking having a terrible season to maybe have a phenomenal season. Um, and I guess it's pretty obvious how that worked out. That was probably a mistake. Um, 
I also noticed that on top of Antonio Brown, you also drafted A.J. Green, who did not play a single snap all year, and Melvin Gordon, who started the season holding out. Um, So why exactly did you take a risk on all these players who honestly didn't really give you much production? High risk, high reward. I mean, imagine if they were all playing. My team would have been unstoppable. That that is very fair, but you know, if the queen had balls, she would be the king. So, <laughs> um, okay, interesting. So, like I said, AJ Green didn't play a single snap this year. AB played all of one game, and you also had another player who actually retired. Uh, so Andrew Luck, who you spent six dollars on, the most out of any of your quarterbacks that you drafted, and um, there were four of them. Uh, he did not suit up a single snap. So between A.J. Green, Andrew Luck, and Antonio Brown, you spent a combined $54 in a $200 league, and they played a combined one game for you. So That hurts. That uh, that hurts. I was definitely not expecting Andrew Luck to retire at the beginning of the season. So that was not ideal. No, it wasn't ideal, but it, it seems like you might have – actually prepared in advance because in a single QB league, you drafted not one, not two, not three, but four quarterbacks. So you had Andrew Luck, uh, Big Ben, uh, Matt Ryan, and Lamar Jackson, um, you know, took a flyer on Lamar, ended up being the best player on your team. And honestly, that was some value because you got him for $1. So I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of kudos there, but two of those quarterbacks, Big Ben and Andrew Luck, played a combined, what, game and a half? What I really want to know is why did you think that drafting four quarterbacks was the correct decision here? So I definitely didn't go into it with that mindset. Uh, But when I was doing the draft, I noticed that there seemed like there weren't that many quarterbacks. And I was I was going for like a quarterback monopoly strategy. So I figured that, um, well, at least what I learned, what I learned in econ is if that you have enough of the market, you have market power. So if I were to have a monopoly on the quarterbacks, I would be able to charge more from them than they're actually worth. But uh, again, didn't I guess that kind of falls apart when your two of your quarterbacks aren't even part of the league. Yeah, I I think it also falls apart when there's only ten players in our league and there's thirty two quarterbacks on NFL rosters, and I'm not entirely sure your strategy works in this league. Maybe in a two QB league, it would have panned out differently. I was an econ major, not a math major. <laughs> clearly, <clears throat> excuse me. Clearly, it showed. I, I want to then go into your receivers. So, if they had played, your receiving core would have been devastating. You had AB, AJ Green, Devonte Adams, and Sammy Watkins. Those are four Pro Bowl caliber receivers. Uh, again, two of them didn't actually play, but you know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but then at running back, like, what was going on here? Because you drafted Melvin Gordon for thirty three, he didn't play until again week six. Devonta Freeman, who you are infatuated with, uh, I believe is the namesake of your team. Dude, he's um, so good. He also finished running back twenty six over the course of the season, so I don't know if I would warrant that as so good. Kenyon Drake and then Daryl Henderson. So you had three running backs who were starters. One of them wasn't even playing at the beginning of the season. Why did you decide to go so light on the running back this year? You know what? I don't have, I don't have a, good, uh, a good answer for you. <laughs> I am not really sure. 
I looking back, I definitely should have uh, gotten some more some more depth at the running back position. I think I thought Melvin Gordon, you know, to be honest, I don't know if I realized Melvin Gordon was going to be out for so long. I just knew that he was pretty good. So uh, that might be part of the reason why I, why I didn't do a better job with the running back, the running back section. We've talked about the draft enough, but essentially you made a lot of poor decisions. What we really should do here is jump into the season. Week one, you started off by getting absolutely smacked by Natalie. Uh, you put up 62 points. Um, Natalie almost doubled that with 117. The only players on your team with more than 10 points were Delaney Walker and your kicker. And your running backs combined for a total of 3.8 points. You also started Antonio Brown, who didn't play because he had been traded three days prior. And uh, you left Lamar Jackson on the bench, who scored 33, which was over half of what your team scored. So questionable decisions all around. But what I really want to know is, why would you start A.B.? You know, I'm not saying it was a perfect season. There were uh, there were some mistakes that were made for sure. Uh, yeah, I I think we'll see a couple more of those. But go on. Yeah, I uh, I might not have been keeping up with the news as as well as I should have that week, and I I might have I might have thought that he would be playing that week. That is a fair reason. Um, I think that you probably should check your roster and see that your receiver is marked out, but. That's just my opinion. Um, so, you know, week one, there wasn't really much you can do because, like we said, everyone on your team laid a goose egg. So no matter what you did, it, you could not have won that game. Week two, you played Kayer. You started a full roster, which is fantastic. Um, you dropped Andrew Luck and Big Ben because they were both not going to be playing for the rest of the season. So good roster management by you. Um, and you actually put up 95.9 points. So pretty solid week. Week three, you had another strong showing, 93. Uh, unfortunately, Mayhill put up 128 and absolutely ran away with it. Once again, you didn't have a single running back score more than 10 points. Um, so Freeman put up 9.5 almost. You had Adrian Peterson, who you picked up, who scored 3.4. And you started a full roster. So week three was looking pretty good too. Go into week four, play Pranova. Again, put up 89. That's that's a respectable score. You finally have a running back top 10 points. So Devontae gets 10 points exactly. Adrian got 2.8. And, you know, things are looking pretty good. You're 2-2. Two and two. Walk me through uh, your mindset at this, like, roughly third of the way through the season. I was, well, I was feeling pretty good at that point. Um, and I was, I was pretty hopeful about AP coming back and being like a lot better than he actually ended up being. Uh, so I was, so I was, I was a little more confident in the running back department, but I don't exactly re remember what I was like, what players I was looking at uh, and like hopeful for specifically besides a AP. But um, I felt decent. You know, I felt like there was some potential at that point. At that point, were you at all a little bit worried about Melvin Gordon not coming back? Did that give you a little bit of apprehension? To be honest, I don't remember. If if I was aware of it, then probably yes. But I wasn't exactly as diligent as I probably should have been with the news this season. So I might not have had an eye on it, unfortunately, which I certainly regret. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's let's keep on moving. So week five, you played me. You put up 56.9 points. That's Oof. pretty abysmal. 
you actually started Devontae Adams, who was out with turf toe. So that would make the second game of the season that you started a player who did not play. And you could have known that ahead of time. Not ideal. This trend of starting players who did not play is is really going to come back and bite you in the butt. For example, the following week, you played Brian. You started Devontae Adams, who was out with turf toe once again. Oh, yeah. The score of this matchup was Rob 76.3, Brian 78.3. So you lost by two points. If you had started literally anyone else on your team, any single other player, you would have won. How does that one feel? (laughs) That one hurt a lot. That one hurt. That was that was a tough loss for sure. Yeah, um, and and we'll see how that one decision really uh, really changed your uh, fortunes dramatically. So at this point, you're two and four. You come up come up against Adam, who your fifty six was bad. Adam drops fifty one this game, so you you actually win this one eighty four to fifty one. You finally take Devonte out of the starting lineup. The unfortunate thing for you there is now you have four receivers on your team who are not playing, being A.B., A.J. Green, Devontae Adams, and Sammy Watkins was actually hurt that week. That receiving core is looking pretty decimated at this point. <laughs> but, you know, there, there wasn't really too much you could do. I'm not entirely sure why you held on to A.B. that long, though. Did you hope that he was going to get signed, or what, what was going on there? I mean, yeah, it was kind of like, I was kind of holding out hope that he would like get his shit together and stop like just doing the most, like, we'll just, just stop doing, doing the fucking most because <laughs> that's what he was doing like the entire time, but he never stopped. So, so yeah, I, I just thought that he would eventually like calm the fuck down and like just be a regular like NFL player instead of just going off the, the handle. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think a lot of people thought that too. So, you know, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. AJ Green was on IR, so he could have came back. Devontae was coming back. Watkins was coming back. So, you know, not much you want to do there. Week eight, you play Cody. You lose that one again, 75 to 84. You started Matt Ryan. Lamar was on a bye. However, uh, Matt Ryan was also out with an ankle injury. So you didn't have a quarterback that game. I'm not saying this is a sure thing, but you only lost by nine points. I think a serviceable backup quarterback would get you nine points. So that, that one hurts. Hard to win with no quarterback. You also started Delaney Walker, who was out with an ankle injury. So that's actually two players that you played this week. On top of all of that, all of your running backs scored less than 10 points once again. Somehow, you you still made it close. um, But the silver light at the end of the tunnel for week eight is that you finally dropped Antonio Brown. Yeah. Week nine, you played Cat. I believe delivered Cat her first loss, 103 to 102. So that's a good week for you because Cat had a, a pretty dominant team. I think I, I kind of remember that one. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good week. Once again, you started Delaney Walker, who was out with an ankle injury. So it could have been even better for you if you, I don't know, had a tight end. But, you know, you got the win. You're four and five. You're in the playoff hunt. Things are looking, looking pretty good. Week 10, you decide that you're going to make a trade with me. You trade... For Stefan Diggs and Austin Hooper, so you you know solve your tight end problem and you give up Cooper Cup, you win against Natalie to bring your your record to five and five. So things are on the up and up, right? Like everything's looking pretty good. And then the tight end that you traded for sprains his MCL <laughs> that same exact week. Is this just bad luck or what's going on? Because you you're having some terrible injury luck so far this season. 
I think it's 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 a little bit of bad luck. I definitely wouldn't reduce it to just bad luck because there were definitely some management fuck ups. Uh, but it was it wasn't good luck. I'll put it that way. It it wasn't it wasn't good luck. You're five and five. You're in the playoff hunt. You go into week eleven. You put up one hundred two. Lamar has been just carrying your team at this point. He had a fantastic season. I will give you that. Uh, Fucking go, dude. And then you have a play-in, essentially, for the playoffs. So you and Mayhul are both 6-5. and five. You're playing each other. And um, the winner is going to get the four seed. Essentially, this is, this is a winner-take-all game right here. And you played A.J. Green in the flex. <sighs> A.J. Green didn't play a single snap all season. <laughs> And for a, a playoff play-in, you played AJ Green. What the hell were you thinking? Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you must have been high. Uh, in the words of, in the more immortal words of Stephen A. Smith, "Stay off the weed." <laughs> um. It should also be noted that on top of AJ Green, you played Matt Breida and Delaney Walker, both of which were also out with injury. So that's three players in a playoff play-in game. Again, can't state that enough. Yeah, this is the the beginning of the end for you, essentially. Um, At this point, you are bounced from the playoffs. You're um, the first team looking out. So, you know, you play... Uh, you play Brian on the seven, eight matchup and um, you take Delaney Walker out of your starting lineup and you put in Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper is again, still out with that MCL injury. So you're not playing a tight end um, in the first week, the second week you play a full roster. You end up losing by 20 to Brian. So I'm not sure that that tight end would have really mattered. That would have really done anything. And that puts you in the, Losers, uh, Sacco game against Care, um, the nine ten matchup. So, in the first week of your your matchup, you score sixty four points. Week sixteen, Care almost has a near historic collapse. You start a full roster, and honestly, your your team does pretty well. You score a hundred and uh, hundred and thirty two actually in the final week of the season. So that is, that is phenomenal. I think we actually watched the game together uh, at the cookie swap. The last game, you ended up losing by three points. Um, Devante Adams dropped an end zone catch in the third quarter that would have won you the matchup. You were so close to climbing out of this hole that you dug yourself in. But if we go back to week 15, you started DJ Shark, right? Uh, on your bench, you had Sammy Watkins, who scored 6.9. You had Zach Pascal, who scored 4.4. Putting either of those two players into your flex instead of DJ Shark would have won you the matchup. If instead of playing Shark, you had played Diggs and you moved Adrian Peterson to the flex, you would have won the matchup. Literally, any decision that you made that didn't involve starting an injured player would have won you that two-week match. Overall... For those of you who have been keeping count, there were 7 out of 12 regular season games in which you started somebody who was injured, and including the playoffs, 9 out of 14 games, you played somebody who was injured. 
that is just abysmal roster management, and I would like to hear what you have to say about that. Well, I don't have, you know, I don't have a a very good defense. The one thing I would say is that I usually set my lineup earlier in the week, and then earlier in the week, they sometimes are not like decided of like whether they're actually playing or not. It's like doubtful or like um probable or something like that so i usually set it with probables in there and then by the time the weekend comes i sometimes forget to change it and then it uh they end up like not actually playing but well but that being said um yeah definitely fucked up like a lot a lot it does not look good on top of all of these um misplays we'll call them you ended the season with two players who were on ir on your roster so that would be aj green who again did not play a single snap and uh delaney walker who was put on ir i believe week nine you made eight transactions all season do you think that a lack of effort is to blame for your catastrophic season in which you were the team that scored the lowest points 992 and you were the only team not to score a thousand points total over the course of the season uh mm, i i I mean yeah that's possible yeah (laughs) all right we'll we'll leave it at that so I, i believe you made the playoffs last year um i think you either got third or fourth there are some people out there who say that without having a full room of the Newtown boys, uh, you know, Mike, Mason, uh, Francis, et cetera, without having a full uh, complement of friends to draft for you, that you are um, essentially a subpar fantasy football player. Oh, what do you have on. to say to those people who have been making these allegations? You know, I, I think that, that that situation was blown out of proportion. I was there providing oversight. So I had, I had my hand was, was in that team more than I think I get credit for. So, so by providing oversight, can you clarify, were you the ones that were making the, I want to draft this player decision, or were they saying, I think you should draft this player, and you said, okay? You know, you know I was present in the room, and I knew what was happening. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right, so... Uh... It seems like Rob's uh, biggest lesson learned is let his friends draft for him and uh, then cruise on autopilot the rest of the season. Do you dispute that claim? Uh, pass. <laughs> so uh, what? which of your uh, draft posse do you think that you let down the most this year? Who was most disappointed in you? Probably, probably Mike Moss. Mikey Moss just gives nothing but support. So he would probably be pretty devastated to hear how, how poorly the season went. Yeah, that's that's real rough. And if you had anything to say to Mike directly, um, what, what would you say to him? You know, Mike, I'm, I'm sorry I let you down. I should have taken more of your advice. And uh, better luck. You know, the only thing to do, turn around, uh, get that W next season. Pulling on that thread, actually, what do you think you're going to do differently next season to try and essentially emulate Pranava and go from a, a worst to potential first and p- pick up a W. Well, I'm sure as hell going to check my lineups on Sunday, Sunday morning before the games. So I don't have probable people not playing. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's something. 
we will go back and we'll show that that would have saved your season at, or maybe not won the season, but you would not have lost because um, if we go back to that game against Brian in which you lost by two points, if you had won that game by starting literally anybody but Devontae Adams, you would have made the playoffs and you would not be sitting here today, um, which would be a, a pretty drastic role reversal. So that match against Brian was fucking devastating, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that one really hurts. Um, well, if it's any consolation of the seven out of 12 games in which you started somebody who was injured, only the match against Brian actually mattered. The rest of them, your team was so bad that you couldn't have won anyways you know i I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse but but thank you (laughs) i think that i'm i'm gonna let you give some closing remarks um for the people listening at home yeah well uh I, i i definitely didn't realize there was so much mismanagement on the team i uh i def i remember that i that i fucked up a few weekends but i didn't realize it was like seven out of seven out of 12 or whatever it was that that's a lot that's a lot and also, yeah, just the, the draft was tough, you know, didn't didn't have a very strong start, was was dealing with some adversity through the season. Yeah, just didn't 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 play out. I, I kind of wonder, too, if uh, if there's a little uh, residual karma from the from the, the phone case situation as well. So maybe maybe that had a had a factor in it as well. Um, but yeah, t- tough season, tough season for sure. Uh, a lot of mistakes would would do it differently. But uh you live and you learn. I forgot that you had gotten last previously. That is that is two out of the five seasons. You're at a forty percent worst in the league rate. That that's what I'm so glad I reminded you. So glad I reminded you of the phone case, dude. It's it's not good. I don't know. Uh, I'm not gonna call it quits. I'm not gonna not gonna tap out now. Um, I think I still have some potential, but it's it's gonna be a, a long road back for sure. I think that you've got your work cut out for you, but as Pranava has showed, you can definitely turn things around in, in just a season. So, you know, I, I really wish you the best because I, I hate seeing you there at the bottom of the the league standings. Um, it, it breaks my heart. <laughs> doing, doing what I can. Doing what I can. Well, I, I think I'll wrap that up. We'll see you next season in the, the Bunch of Dudes Fantasy Football League. Can anybody stop my uh, playoff run of terror? Is there going to be a, a new champion? We're going to see any any Mayhul underdog stories or the the drama and the intrigue is always there. Yeah, well, I guess it'll be a new season, new uh, new opportunities for for everybody, and maybe you know you never know. Maybe some of the reigning champs from before won't have uh, so much luck the next season. But I guess we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. I appreciate you tuning in for what has been the second Bunch of Dudes Fantasy Football podcast. Thank you for your undying support. And let's keep Rob in our thoughts as he tries to ascend the steep uphill climb that is fighting his way out of the last place spot in fantasy football. 